The Not Your Usual Podcast is brought to you by Glaver, the one and only tangerine honey spiced whiskey liqueur. Glaver's origins are bathed in bold experimentation. Born in Leith in 1947 and awarded a record 15 times at the International Wine and Spirit Competition, this unique liqueur is rich, it's sweet, it's warming, and it's wonderfully versatile. Fearlessly pioneering far-flung spice bursts, Glaver is most definitely not your usual. Okay, hello and welcome to Not Your Usual. It's a podcast from the team at Skinny Magazine and Glaver. Uh, in this series, we talk to exciting people from across the Scottish cultural scene who are doing things a little differently from the usual. My name is Peter Simpson. I'm joined today in our lovely studio slash office space by Will Anderson. Hello, Will. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Uh, it's slowly getting darker and darker outside. Uh, so I feel like we're in a prime position to have a little chat as the light fades. It does, but we've got the beautiful view of the castle there. So, you yeah. know. Can't, yeah, can't beat it. <laughs> can't beat it. Um, so Will is a BAFTA-winning filmmaker based in Edinburgh, writer, director, animator. His films have been on the BBC, they've been on Adult Swim, and his debut feature, A Cat Called Dom, with the great Ainsley Henderson, won the Powell and Pressburger Award at the 2022 Edinburgh Film Festival. We will chat about all that in the fullness of the episode, but... To go alongside our conversation, we've got cocktails. Yeah, so yep, yep, yep. Uh, we are trying today, it's called the Bittersweet Symphony. It is a Glaver Glocktail with Glaver Whiskey Liqueur, White Mackay Whiskey, Campari and Angostura Bitters. Will cheers. Cheers. Directly over the mixing desk yeah, like they do in the pros. That's what you have to do. It. Mm. We're true professionals. We are. We know what we're doing. And that, that's nice. It's a, it's a powerful one. It is. It's it got is. a bit of a kick to it. But I feel like it's the kind of thing for, like we say, with the sun going down, cozied up inside. Absolutely. Slightly kind of like uh, citrusy, a little bit kind of medicinal. It is. It's got that. But it's good. Uh, I, I think I was explaining to you just before we had a weekend of Bath to Scotland and a rap party. My girlfriend's a filmmaker as well. So this is kind of needed. Yeah. You know, so, it's really it's really taking the edge off. Yeah. It's uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday sort of uh, thing that we've, that we've just been through. You know? It's the life of the professional filmmaker. <laughs> it would make it sound so glamorous, doesn't yes. it? Yes. They don't mention all the trains you have to get, but other than, other than... All the Ubers. I have spent I have spent far too much money on Ubers this weekend. <laughs> it's like, Ubers everywhere. we just got to do it. Yeah. You, know? you just got to do it. You and your glad rags, you, gotta, you, gotta, you can't be getting your suit wet. No. No. You go suit or kilt? I went suit this year. Nice. Uh, me and Ainsley usually are like configured with a, a kilt each yeah. on these things. But this year we thought, no, nah, we're, you know, we don't stand a chance anyway. So like, let's, <laughs> let's just not talk about wardrobe. Let's just wear something. Yeah. Let's so, just, yeah. let's just have fun with it. Let's just have fun this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went for like a, yeah, a brown suit, which doesn't sound great, but you know, it worked. I think. I'm a big fan of a brown suit. I've got like a kind of brown Tweedy number. And actually, to give the listeners at home an idea of this uh, glocktail we're drinking, the lining is very similar in colour to that. That's a very nice link. Yes, I see. It's, again, <laughs> the life of the, the professional broadcaster slash exactly. journalist. Um, so yeah, we'll get on. I suppose we'll kind of talk about Ainsley in a minute, but I suppose we'll just get started. Mm. Um, how did you get into animation initially? Because I know you studied at ECA. I did, yes. I studied. I finished in 2011. I did animation there. I always wanted to do it, and I don't know why. But, you know, like, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with uh, 
uh, South Park and The Simpsons, obviously, because everyone was. I was too young to watch it, probably, South Park, but I, I loved it. I loved it, how it was, like, all made out of paper, and it was all... And it was so funny and dark, and it was like, this is not for kids, this is for adults. I thought that was, like, you know, titillating. It was mm. just, like, hilarious. <laughs> uh, and I, I guess I just played around with stuff inspired by that when I was, like, young. But no real like idea of what how to do it properly at all you know so i just started like shooting with my dad's old he had a super 8 uh camera that could take frame by frame and like it's totally amazing you know and i would cut out bits of paper and i'd kind of make like fake like south park episodes that they weren't they were like probably 30 seconds to a minute and all but what happened was i did it and I didn't know anything about light or anything like that. And it, it didn't expose, like the, the film didn't expose. And I was like so distraught. I was so upset about it. And it was like this 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 aching feeling like I failed, yeah. you know? It's like animation isn't going to work. And And then I kind of just, it's funny. I like didn't really do it. I just wanted to do it. And then when I went to college at the art school i took animation and in my final year i shot a thing on super 8 in my in my first short film which was the making of longbird and it's like there's an actual super 8 bit in it. and i think honestly it's just it was just done so i could prove like that i could get the film exposed and i could get something out and i could harness light <laughs> i can i can defeat my child self <laughs> exactly it was just this problem that i had I, I i think i just always loved it and i just thought it was the hardest thing that i could possibly try and do you know like it just sounded so difficult and you know to achieve like an animated film or something like that but it's like such a nice challenge yeah you know and then studying i'm like yeah, yeah, this is fun. This is like, and you didn't really need to worry about the technical side of it too much. You just did your thing because, you know, that's kind of what you learn at art school. Like mm. you're already an artist and you're just learning how to uh, express whatever you want to express. That sounds a bit poncy, but it's true. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like going to film school. You know, that I think they're so different, you know. Yeah. Uh, people talk about that, like you go to the National Film and Television School and you, like, learn all this stuff. But often, the, you know, the schools, the art schools, are, like, there's sometimes much more interesting kind of filmmaking coming out of them because, I don't know, it's probably a little more auteur, you know, that mm. way. You know, it's, like, less uh, film language, technical, like, more like, oh, what do I want to say, yeah. you know. Um, and I just, I, I didn't, I just loved it. Like, I just loved the freedom of that, you know, and I just have somehow managed to keep doing it since then, which yeah. is, you know, almost, it's remarkable. Yeah. Because well. <laughs> uh, I suppose, yeah, the, uh, the making a longboard is like, I think that that is, that there are things in that film that come up later, that come up kind of throughout your filmmaking mm. and that certainly come up in what we'll probably get onto talking about at the end. But I think it's really interesting to look at because if that was kind of your graduate film, yeah. it's very much not what... If somebody said graduate animation, like graduate animated film, mm. they might not necessarily expect the way that Longbird kind of comes together as a story and also the way it comes together in the form. Mm. I think that one of the reasons that I want to chat to you for this series is because it does seem like you are very 
willing and able to experiment with what it means to do animation. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you always, because I know, because you said that animation was always something that kind of like interested you and that you felt like was a big challenge to do. Mm-hmm. Did you also always have a thing in your mind that you wanted to kind of fiddle about with it a bit? Yeah. Or is that just something that kind of came naturally, like you say, through that art school, like experimentation? It kind of came through from arts. It came through from that film, I think. It, I, I often talk about it being like, I think I'm like a process filmmaker which isn't unusual. I think a lot of documentary filmmakers are like that as mm. well, you know, and that will lead on, a, you know, we've just finished the doc mm. and that is so different from animation. But I think with, with the work that I do in animation, it's like, it's process led. It's, I, I just like doing it. So that often becomes the, uh, that become, that becomes kind of central to the narrative, if that makes any sense. So like, for example, like with, with Longbird, it's like, it's, you know, it's basic, really. It's like a guy doesn't really know if his ideas are good and he thinks they might be shit. And this, and in this film, like the, your creativity is just telling you that you're, you're rubbish and you're an idiot and you don't know what you're doing. And I just thought that was funny. Hmm. You know, and I thought, okay, let's just play with that and get into some dialogue that's not scripted, really. You know, we just have blocks where we want to go, you know, and that felt like liberating because it's like, well, the problem with animation is that you edit first and you make all this stuff and you have to know exactly what you want and then you just spend ages and then it's done. And it's like, that isn't, that doesn't sound exciting to me at all. Hmm. I like making films where... I actually don't know what's really going to happen. And that could be in the recording of the, of the dialogue, you know. Yeah. Uh, it could be, uh, I don't actually know, you know, I don't storyboard often. You know, I don't actually know exactly where it'll go. I'll just start making it, which is a difficult one when it's like funding and yeah. things like that. I've, <laughs> I've learned that. Yeah. <laughs> but all of the films that I've done, so I, I did a series of shorts over the years and like one of them was made like chronologically without a script and I just did it, you know, and the other was, yeah, the other was like made over the course of a year or two and it's just, I'm just kind of chipping away at my, in my own time. I just find that really important. Yeah. You know, and that, that's kind of, uh, what happened with Dom because I mean, Dom, Dom's a, a featured documentary, uh, we just started filming, yeah, you know, and we just started making it and it went on and on. And I thought it would uh, flow away and drift off and it did for, for some time, but in all, I, I mean, eight years, I think. And then we managed to get through it, which was like a big relief. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, I actually thought it would never end at one point, but, yeah. you know, so uh, that's maybe a warning. It's yes like, you know, like, it's like yeah write it. yeah i tend i tend to work in quite a loose way i don't often storyboard things it took me eight years to make this <laughs> film and i thought it would never end what amazing yeah. advice i'm giving there you. is no way that these two things are connected <laughs> um yeah i think that like i think that time is actually like a really interesting kind of running theme in mm. the stuff that you do mm-hmm. um i think like time shifting time stopping time looping mm-hmm. um thinking about uh, have heart mm-hmm. with it's about it, which if anyone hasn't seen it they should go and watch it is a about a kind of looping internet animation who is kind of effectively struggling with their work-life balance they are um and that is like but it's that thing of playing with the audience's expectations of 
how a story typically works mm-hmm. in that they would typically be linear and not start jumping back and forward and not start mm-hmm. like get to one point and sort of go in reverse. So there's another film that's in a similar vein, Betty, mm-hmm. which is about two uh, animated characters. And it's about the kind of like, it's, I suppose what all of these things are is that I think that you are very interesting in terms of showing your working mm. as a filmmaker. Yeah, it um, feels right that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. love like narratives that are like playful and that like that they, they play with the form, you mm. know, like because animation is so like everyone knows that it's a trick, yeah. you know, and filmmaking is a trick. Everyone knows it. And when like characters kind of let on, like when you animate with characters and they let on that they're like animated and they're in this world, it's like they're in their own little world. It's like like a simulation or something. It's so funny. Like yeah. I, I, there was this thing. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Well, of course everyone's seen it, but you know it's very specific. Uh, there was this Simpsons episode called Homer Cubed. It was in a Treehouse of Horror Halloween thing, and he comes, he goes in at like this three D space because he's because basically. Patty and Selma come over for, for like dinner and he like, the last thing he wants to do is spend time with them. So he hides behind a book closet and he finds a portal to like another dimension and he thinks I'll rather risk, you know, death than like spend time with my sisters-in-law. So he goes through it and he like becomes this like 3D thing and he has this like epiphany and all that. Absolutely wonderful. I just think that's so excellent that they're like joking about like who they are and where they are in the world because like we're a bit like that yeah like we're probably all in a simulation right yeah (laughs) because that's the same episode where they have um they get professor frink out to talk about to explain to them the concept of things being 3d yeah and they're like (gasps) he's like he draws the rectangle and they say this is a like a plane of whoa now yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) slow down yeah (laughs) No, I'm, I, I love, I love that. And I, I think it's, animation is such a, a playful medium anyway. Yeah. So like, I think it was Betty was the first one. It, Betty's almost like, it was the film that I made that kind of informed A Cat Called Dom. You know, often sometimes you make little shorter pieces of work to kind of sort your head out. Yeah. I think like, cause in Betty, basically the idea is that there's like a film being played. Uh, and being made and the director com the director's commentary is like just chipping in and coming back up like you would switch it on on your dvd you know like extra and it's just saying things about the film and i thought that was lovely like yeah. that like little playful thing and then the, they collide a little bit and then it kind of falls apart and the film kind of stops and yeah it, like and you're kind of searching through it for the for its meaning you know uh i thought that was very playful and like and I almost kind of like, what are the stakes? Like, you know, what, what have I got to lose? I'm like making a shot. It's like, you know, I can experiment here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that really informed Dom because when you see Dom, uh, hopefully, if anyone will see Dom, um, we've just done our theatrical like release of the UK. So like, it was yeah. a small thing with cinemas, but uh, it was good. It was nice and it was well received, I think. For yeah. People kind of seemed to get it, which was a relief. Yes. But um, yeah, that really informed that. Yeah. Cause it's like, oh, uh, as, and as soon as, as soon as you're kind of freed from, oh, I have to make this thing with these three acts and this structure and it needs to all hold together. It's like, no. And the film's about failure. The film's about like, you know, struggling with, uh, 
my mother maybe dying of cancer. That's kind of, that was what started it. But then it became a film about communicating through cancer and how difficult it is. Yeah. So therefore, like, that actually linked to the form a little. It was like, actually, the scatteredness of, like, scrubbing back and replaying a moment and replaying a moment and then thinking about what it means and trying to communicate properly felt like that's how it feels. It's messy, you know? So it's like, so this messy thing and this like mixture of documentary and animation, it all kind of started to make sense. Yeah. Cause it's like, oh, it's about, uh, not really knowing how to deal with a hard moment. So you're scrubbing through things and it's like you're sticking things together and you're trying to make sense of them. Cause that's what it's, that's what it's like. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, it was for me anyway. Yeah, and I think it's that thing of so yeah, Cat Called Dom. We'll maybe just we'll kind of tie those threads oh. together so we can have a little chat about it. So yeah, Cat Called Dom is the film that you won the award for at Edinburgh, and it does. It is you like to say it's a combination of like documentary, kind of like meta narrative, live action, and animation, and a bunch of other sort of elements that all kind of come together. I should really settle on one, shouldn't I? <laughs> well, I think one of the things that you said, so we had um, Jamie, who hosted the last episode of the Not Your Usual series with Adura and Ashley, when you and him talked about it at a thing that we did last summer when the festival was on, you were kind of talking about how sometimes straight-up animation wouldn't be, like, the best thing for a particular situation. No. Which I think, as somebody who is known for animated work, Mm. I think it's quite interesting that you sort of said that, and you were like, well, you know, you do these things as, like, a mixture of live and animated because that's what makes the most sense. It's like you're not necessarily wedded to the form. No. And a a cat called Dom feels like a real, like, exploration of all that stuff, like, what best suits a particular moment in a film. Mm. And what kind of, so you say you had, you had a tour. It was like a kind of tour with, you did some Q and A's and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. We went all around. Really. Yeah. It was through Cosmic Cat. Uh, they yeah. put it out. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. We did Cameo and GFT. Yeah. Uh, GYFF. Yeah. yeah. Loads of things. Yeah. What were the, what was the reaction like? How did people, how did it's go down? Good. It's good. It's good. I think if I'm being completely honest, uh, it's difficult to get people into the cinema particularly mm. for documentary films, like yeah. I'm being totally candid. Uh, I'd liked, obviously, more people coming and seeing the work. But the people who saw it, I mean, you know, the turns, turnouts were okay and it was good, Like, but the people who saw it were, like, quite moved by it, I think. Mm. And, the, you know, quite active. Q- the most active Q&As, like, that I've had, I think. You know, yeah. like, I actually found the Q&As one of the, best bits of the the experience after because it's funny because you know it's like when you're making films you're like you think that often i think as an animator you often think like oh the work is in like the process of doing it and like it that takes forever and you know you just push through it yeah but what i realized with dom is that it's net you're never you're never really finished like doing the work it just changes yeah it's like okay oh now i have to you know, this is a good thing, but yeah. like, oh, now I have to like promote it and now I have to like talk about it and, you know, speak to people about it. Cause, cause weirdly with, you know, that thing I said about like director's commentary chipping in, mm. like 
I originally joked with my friends about that being like, it means I don't need to do and do Q and A's because I'm like basically just telling people what the film's about <laughs> as it's playing, yeah. which is deeply flawed. Yes. You know what I mean? And then what I found myself doing is having a go and talk about it way more. Yes. So I'm like, uh, okay, maybe that did communicate. I'll just keep talking about it. So, and I, but I do think that that's like a, gr- I think with Dom, it's been a, like a good growth thing. Mm. Cause like it sounds a little, it sounds a little forced, but it isn't really. It's that film was so hard to make. Mm. So when it was actually, when I actually managed to finish it within, you know, like, uh, like it was, it was almost like an out of body experience because yeah. it's like, I can't, I couldn't see a way out. Yeah. You know, when like you watch like really good series and you're like, how the hell is this going to like resolve? Yeah. It, it's a bit, it was a bit like that with that film. I, yeah, like, yeah. I can't see how I, this could work after a while. Cause it's, it's kind of, it, the setup is like, I'm making a, a film, like I'm making a film that kind of stars me, my family, my mother, my father, uh, you know, about like uh, her getting cancer and trying to, get, you know, getting better and us communicating through it or trying to communicate through it through this little cat called Dom, who's the, uh, he's kind of like the, he's like a growth that is like the cancer. He grows yeah. in parallel with the cancer, but he's this funny little sweet being that's just wanting to make, to bond us really. Yeah. You know, I, and like, that's so playful and fun. But yeah. I'm like, eh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if, uh, yeah, it just, it, pff, I've lost my train. I've like, <laughs> like it's, it's just been a bit of a, a difficult one to like actually work out if I could like, if that all makes sense. Mm. But it, it did in the end. It did, I think it so. does. It does all kind of, I think it is a very affecting film and it's really, it's affecting and effective. Mm. I think that like it does, it does what I think a lot of your films do, which is generate just bags and bags of like pathos and quite like kind of often sort of like unexpectedly powerful emotion in that way where it kind of like sneaks up on you uh, mm. over the course of the, of the run, uh, like of a short or of Dom. I think the thing about Dom as well is that the, the actual character himself like lives on your laptop as you're putting the film together and i think that that's a thing that like i think really that you as the animator are often a sort of central character in the animated films that you're making you would never see like walt disney draw himself into the frame yeah and you know when i hear you say that i'm like oh god (laughs) do you know what i mean because i don't want to be man Mm. like i know it looks like that Mm. you know it's like oh the short you're in it and that's another symptom of like just doing stuff like just making it and like like making it and being process led and just going okay i'm just gonna do it because i I, i'm impatient i'm a really impatient person Mm. like i just want to do things and the other the, the only the other way of doing it is writing it and then getting actors in and then having it all prepared and being really organized yeah and it's like my brain is not like that my brain is like it's scattered and it likes to be excited by new things and little phrases and like it it, it likes to go quite quickly so like that's why i include like myself yeah it's not out of uh you know i mean i think all filmmakers have a bit of an ego 
I'm going to put my hands up there. <laughs> but like, I, it's not like I'm desperate to be on screen yeah. at all. It's yeah, just yeah. that, well, specifically with Dom, yeah. it's like me and Ains talk about this a lot. We're like, we're like, you only make, we should only make films that only we can make. Yeah, yeah. Which is a nice bit of advice that we got from working at a studio recently. It's like, you can, you can pitch your ideas and you can, you know, it, they'll find someone else to do it if, if someone else can do it. Yeah. It's, I think while we're here, we're like making films or art that only we can make. And Dom is definitely that. It's my story, my point of view about my thinking I was going to lose my mum and being kind of, you know, not for six for that idea. I was like, I didn't really think that she would ever die, which yeah. is mad. Of course she will. Yeah. But like, it's the first introduction to that. And I'm like, no one else can make that film. Yeah. Really. And I, I think that's the thing that we try to remind ourselves when we're making things. It's, it's uh, it sort of cleans everything up, actually. It's like, well, what am I doing? It's like, well, I'm making a thing that only I can make. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, it feel that feels like the, that feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it, it, it worked. So it was the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. <laughs> but like, you know, if, when you make films, it's like, if you knew exactly like what you wanted to make and you made it, you know, you wouldn't make another one. No. That's kind of what I'm getting at. I'm getting, I'm, I'm meaning like, you just, you're never really happy with what you get through and what you do and you just keep doing other things and then maybe eventually you'll be like, okay, that's a body of work and I'm like, you know, yeah, that'll do. As uh, as a journalist, I agree and respect that. Mm. <laughs> you put something out and you think, you know, you're always going to sit there and think, could I have done that better? Could that have worked out better? Mm. Could these questions have made more sense? Etc. Etc. And like, yeah, I think it is that thing. Like you said, it all comes back to that having that process first kind of mentality of thinking, mm. like, well, how am I? Like, what is the story I'm trying to tell, and how am I going to get to that with the tools I've got? And one of those tools is the fact that you are the person who knows the story inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of tools, um, I want to talk a little bit about about Blender. Uh, yes. And about, um, because... Didn't expect that. That's cool. Off the top shelf, that yeah, one. Yeah, nice. Because um, I have been... Because I f- follow you on Instagram, and I would recommend that everyone does follow Will for nice. what I would say... Often some very, very interesting, but faintly terrifying animation experiments. I'm specifically thinking of the cat that was the... Greg. Yeah, the... Uh, was it... Which shot? Which fest was it? Was it Pictoplasma? Pictoplasma. That, that was the kind of opening. Yeah. yeah. They've been... Uh, they've they've uh, headhunted Greg. They really liked Greg. Yeah. I was making these, like, uh, experiments with these hairy, this hairy guy, Greg. Uh, and uh, Pictoplasma were like... Re- they were sharing it and they were like oh can you do a talk i was like yeah sure i'll do a talk that's great uh so i got up and talked to my greg but they were like oh well, can you please open like the festival with it so i made this thing you know yeah uh th- i mean that's in line with what i was saying really yeah i am i'm a bit obsessed with uh playing around in 3d now which is uh, it, it's funny because i came from 2d so i was doing like longbird and uh, have her and Dom actually it was all kind of 2D puppetry uh, software very fast stuff I yeah. like I li- again I like working quickly um, so I came into 3D with this slightly different angle and it was 10 years of doing 2D yeah like I, I think there's a thing there like you know when you do 10 years of work yeah you pivot a little bit 
you think like you have to. you think that's been 10 years it's been 10 years yeah. i have to do something else yeah you know i made like five shorts or something with the same sort of software and i'm like getting a bit itchy i was like i'm gonna maybe look at 3d you know mm-hmm. it's like a thing i always kind of wanted to do but it's it's a bit of an uphill learning curve mm. uh, well that's what they say anyway you know yeah. i think that is true actually but i went in with this like 2d kind of mind about how like graphics work and things like that and i i think that's an i think it's often better to go in with your own like you know like yeah with your you know a different set of skills yeah you know i went in actually to to kind of demonstrate more clearly like i was using the software and the software is like called moho it's amazing i i caught wind during covid that they were going out of business yeah and uh like they had lost their, like, I, I don't know, they were going to maybe try and sell it or something. They didn't, by the way. And they're still operating and they're great. They're cool. I know them. And they're like, their software is better than it ever has been. But at the time, I thought it was going under. Yeah. So I was like, Oh crap. This is like my another limb. This is like a, my a tool. Like I, I, I know this inside. I can do it like with my eyes closed. Yeah. Uh, I'll better learn something else. And you know, we had a lot of time, you know, yeah. then. So I opened up blender which is free and open source and amazing and i opened it up and i was like okay i'm going to try and learn how to do everything that i needed to do in moho in blender uh, so i had such a focus yeah it was like it, it was like razor sharp it's like okay i need to do rigging and i need to be able to draw in 2d in here and i need to be able to switch things and i need to be able to make characters and i you know so i had all this stuff and that like accelerated learning so fast because yeah. then I, I thought, oh, right, it will be a bit clunky and, you know, I'll get somewhere with it. But then I started realizing you could do so much more. Mm. And then because I had learned rigging, I kind of came out of it with, uh, well, you, you rig in the same, you, you're just rigging another dimension. Like Homer was going through that portal. Yeah. It's like rigging's the same. It's just you've got more space to yeah. do it. And then I started getting into 3D and playing around and deliberately like not really knowing what I was doing and playing around and that I've just continued to do that. And I'm trying to find ways to do things uh, live now because I'm impatient and I just want, like I want things to just happen. So like um, Greg's like, it's like you use your iPhone and it's like live motion capture on the face yeah and you can film with your webcam now and it all like you can attach it to a rig it does a great job and so you can basically play around and improvise like an actor would or whatever uh, and you can just have fun and you know and things just happen like that's that is another example of like i'd never thought that you could do that yeah and now you can do it for free yeah. You know, like, oh, that, and this is generating now a new thing, I think. I, like, it's a new project, like a film where I'm like, it's called Existential Greg, and it's about Greg. And, you know, I think it'll be live action as well. And I think, yeah. you know, I'm thinking about putting a motion capture suit on a cat. I want to, I want to <laughs> see, I want to explore You want to see where the process takes you. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I love it. I, I am, I, I just like, I'm a bit obsessed. I, I I just think it's a pivotal moment, really, for, like, people... Because in that software, you can kind of do anything. And I know that's very broad, but it it's almost like a revolution of, like, you know, it's open source, it's free, 
and you can yeah you can express yourself now and be more ambitious than ever yeah and like what a what an inspiring piece of software that is yeah you know what i mean like uh and yeah you just attach your creativity to it and you play around and you you find ways of i don't know communicating and telling stories yeah. through it i just think that's so exciting yeah as an idea it's opening up that thing that we talked about right at the start of like you know what the idea you would like you kind of have the sense of what you would like to do and then you think about like what tools you have available rather than learning picking up the big book of computer animation and be like chapter one turning on the computer yeah yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) exactly yeah you you know like a thing that i I remember like when it because Moho didn't have that much of a community. It's got a bigger community now, but mm. at the time it didn't. And I got this like shock when I started working with Blender because you you could find you find yourself on Twitter like asking like, "Oh, how does this work?" And then there's a community there that tell you. Yeah. And then the people who make it are like, well, they're all over the world, I think. Uh, but like the people who make it like listen to what people want and then they make it, you know. And now I and there's a new thing called geometry nodes that's like a node based procedural workflow where you you can build things with math and numbers and change things all the time. So you're not like, because 3D is a thing that's very often destructive. It's like, it's called destructive workflows where you model a face and all that. And it's like, it's stuck there. It's like, yeah. you can't change it. But there's this whole other side of it, which is this uh, non-destructive workflow where you can attach things and move things and change things like kind of infinitely. Yeah. And it's like, that's cosmic and brilliant. And with someone who's a bit, Uh, like impatient and wants to change things and keep things like alive and exciting Mm. it's like oh that's so exciting and now with those tools you can make other tools that you can share with people and then they can make stuff with it it's like how how brilliant is that yeah i just i'm just such a i'm such a fan Blender is free and it's open. So you can download it now. <laughs> I know I should be getting paid really yeah. by, by that. But, but, yeah. it's, uh, but it's free and it's open source. Yeah, so it's, you're doing your bit for the community. Um, yeah, because I think maybe like a good kind of thought to finish on is like, I remember it was the GSFF opening, uh, like opening ceremony film you did in 2021, the one that was after the pandemic. Right. And it was Matt and Sana. And they were talking, they had given you, they had given you some audio and then said, you go and animate it. Yeah. And you popped up in a green morph suit at the bottom of the screen. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, there's more of that. Like, they gave me the audio and I made something. Yeah. I made something with their, like, flappy mouths. And yeah, I just yeah. made, and there were, and Matt was like, it's good. It's, it's not the opening though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, dude. What are you doing to what, me? <laughs> what are you doing? And then, yeah. Uh, it's a bit like Dom, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I forgot about that. Yeah, but the 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 line in it that is, I think, kind of sums up a lot of this is you sort of turn to the camera in the middle of an animation that you are yourself <laughs> making and say, you know, this is a complicated job. Like, I'm not trying to show off or anything. It just is. And, like, I think that that's, like, I think that a large part of the Will Anderson filmography can be, like, expressed through the idea of an animation being interrupted by someone <laughs> saying, like... A tell you what mate this is actually really difficult it's actually a really skilled job yeah. oh, i will man. not be made into a client oh <laughs> uh, i'm oh uh, you've reminded me of that yeah that's that's a good point of reference for dom jeez mm. i should maybe give matt and sana more credit you know <laughs> like, for that 
<laughs> but yeah, no, you got to, you got to. They, they've always helped. Yeah, the shorts. Uh, the Glasgow Short Film Festival is brilliant. So like, yeah. they've always shown our stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, I love them. Hi, Matt. <laughs> um, so before we go, so this next thing up is this uh, existential, Greg. Is that the next yeah, thing on the docket? Yeah, I've started it really, and I'm. Yeah, it'll probably take a while, but yeah. you know, we're yeah. And me and Ains are trying to make a Christmas movie, but nice. you know, we'll. You know, you can come and interview me again about that. Yeah. Two thousand and thirty-five. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings from the moon base. We've got Will back on. Um and is uh, is Cat Called Dom coming to streaming, do you reckon? Yeah, we're it's well it was actually a part BBC Scotland funded, so it's gonna be iPlayer soon. Oh cool. Yeah, I think uh, I should oh, I should have had the date. It's not announced yet, but it's gonna be soon. Amazing. So it'll be in the new year for sure. Good yeah. stuff. Right. Well, uh, you can, I will put all of Will's social handles and links to various Vimeo things in the description of this episode. Uh, thanks to Glaver. Thank you to, uh, my colleagues for helping me set up this small room. And thank you to Will. Thank uh, you very much for having me. So your mouth, uh, his mouth was full of ice I, well, as I signed well, up. I know I've just finished it as well. It's perfect timing. Delicious. Thanks for listening to this episode of Not Your Usual with Will Anderson. Follow Will on Instagram at WillAndersonJR. You can also watch some of the short films we talked about in this episode on his Vimeo channel. That's Vimeo.com slash WillAnd. And uh, Will and Ainsley Henderson's feature film that he talked about, A Cat Called Dom, will be on the BBC iPlayer in 2024. Uh, you can listen to the rest of the Not Your Usual series with David Callahan, Biasha Singh, Heather Parry and Adura Anashley wherever you get your podcasts. You can get more from us at The Skinny in our monthly print mag or at theskinny.co.uk and for more from Glava, including details of their full range of Glock tales, visit glava.com. <laughs>